3: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, uh, are you confused about what's going on in Ukraine? I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit confused. Things don't seem to be playing out the way the media is telling us that they're playing out. Um, Snake Island comes to mind. Uh, the Ghost of Kiev comes to mind. Uh, and a whole host of other things that... Uh, Seem to be that this war, uh, this conflict, there's a lot of disinformation going on, and it's hard to know what is going on. And it's it's also kind of funny that uh, not funny, but it's kind of interesting that the neocons and the liberals are once again aligned, you know, with this war hawk maneuver that benefits the military-industrial complex, obviously. And they um, they are just a one-trick pony that's constantly saying Russia bad, Putin bad, and Ukraine good. There's a lot of bad players here. No one's ever said that <clears throat> Vladimir uh, Putin was a uh, an altar boy. He never was. He's not an altar boy. He's a bad dude. But to what extent? I mean, the, the guy is an, a bit of a nationalist uh And you know where he's coming from because he supports the russian <clears throat> the Russian strength position uh unlike say in our country where we uh have done just about everything we can to hamstring ourselves this whole thing with regard to the uh you know the the everybody's putting their the the blue and yellow flag in their meme and the in and, and on their profile and su- suggesting they stand with Ukraine is good up until the point <clears throat> that they turned a blind eye to the uh, corruption or they uh, opened themselves up to this climate initiative uh, that has us depending on Russia and strengthening Russia. You know, for all it's worth, uh when we take a look at trump and his position on putin with putin and on russia was a was it was a position of strength and russia was uh forced to do basically the right thing and there's a lot of decisions that that are put into place that uh lead to the decisions that putin makes And I don't actually begrudge Putin for some of the decisions that he's made. Maybe not all of them, but some of them I don't begrudge him for it because I think he's doing what's best for Russia. And I don't don't begrudge anybody for doing what's best for their family, for their interest. I may not agree with it, but I don't begrudge them. I almost expect it. So... One of the ways that this conflict could have been avoided, and I, I really think it's a waste of time to, to talk about what we could have done, but this is stuff that is so obvious. I mean, instead of now, you know, crushing the world uh, economy uh, with threats of blockading Russia's oil or taking them off the SWIFT network so that. Uh, American businesses can no longer have money flow to their Russian business partners. This disruption of commerce in general, uh, the stock markets, uh, volatility, and so many other things that are happening economically. Will Israel get involved? And if Israel gets involved, what terrorist group's going to bomb the crap out of Israel? And you know, there's all these different, is China going to get involved? And what are we going to do to China? And how are we going to collapse their market? And what is that going to do to the price of goods that we get manufactured in China at slave labor prices? And then even that in and of itself is a travesty. We open borders to import slave labor. We start conflicts that result in result in refugees that become illegal voters and slave laborers because somebody has to do it. The world is paying a toll to be indoctrinated through our universities and these university students don't want to do the jobs that these illegal migrants are doing. So there's this desperate need for slave labor Unwanted uh, people or, or desperate need for people to do our to carry our garbage and, and our crap, our waste, and all of this. yet we, we sit there with our highbrow and our aristocratic uh, leadership talking about the good the, the common good, but it's also ugly. And it's all related in this globalist society that we live in. This world that's just sort of morphed into each other. And this is this is just a hot mess. It's truly a globalist mess that's going on here. But this war could have been stopped in its tracks so easily. So easily. And, and and all that would have happened with Putin is we would have said Ukraine will never be part of NATO and you could take that to the bank and we'll sign this document that says you are not going to be under any threat from a NATO ally provided you don't invade their country. And If you do invade their country, and this is the kicker, if you do invade Ukraine, Ukraine instantaneously becomes a member of NATO. Unless Ukraine initiates the first strike. And the reason why you would have to add that last part is because There will be these false flag attempts just in order to expedite Ukraine's move into uh, NATO. And then there's the other part where Germany, uh, they have a a leader, Schultz, I think is his name. And he is saying exactly what Trump said in 2017, that that Germany needs to pay higher than a 2% GDP. They're paying 1%. They're the richest nation in Europe, in the European Union. And they're the richest nation in the European Union. And we're going to go ahead and take a call. I didn't know our call system was even open. But caller, you're on the air? <coughs> caller? And they're not there. Okay, that's fine. Um it's actually not the time we normally take calls. Anyway, uh, we try to do that maybe near the end. Um, in any case, Germany, their leadership, their leadership is now saying two percent. Pay two percent, and uh, let's see if I could find the, the actual words, uh, the, the actual conscript of of that. Um. But it's, it's basically, it's 2%. And it's exactly what um, Trump said. And I can't find it. Well, let's see. So it's, it's 2%. And it's also, um, I don't have it in front of me. But it was basically the same thing as what Trump said in twenty seventeen. That they need to stop enriching Russia, Germany does. They need to get their oil from somewhere else. That would be the one thing. And the second thing we're we're gonna you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go through these uh some of these tweets and we're gonna find that uh we're gonna find that uh bit anyway. Um, But we also have some clips we want to play. And also Donald Trump spoke at CPAC in Orlando. Doesn't have the same feel to it, though, as when it's in D.C. Um, There wasn't as much buzz with regard to CPAC, except for when Trump was present. And Trump gave a great speech and pretty much acknowledged For sure that he's going to be the 2024 candidate and also he won in epic fashion the straw poll where DeSantis was a close, well not even a close second. DeSantis was a second placer and I think it was uh, Trump got like 59% which I thought initially I thought that was low. (laughs) <laughs> fifty nine only fifty only fifty nine percent, but then you got to figure Pompeo was in the list, uh DeSantis was on that list, a whole host of others were in that list, and a lot of people were getting three percent, six percent. So when you when you add it up, uh fifty-nine percent's not such a bad number. So Well, let's take a listen to uh some things that Donald Trump said over at CPAC here's the first one the first one is his pretty much his guarantee that he's going to run again in 2024 let's take a listen
1: they're going to find out the hard way starting on November 8th and then again even more so on November 2024 they will find out like never before We did it twice and we'll do it again. We're going to be doing it again a third time. 2022 will be the year that millions of everyday citizens stand up to the left wing fascists and they'll continue and we will all continue together to make America great again. They're going.
3: He's such a rock star, isn't he? It's pretty amazing. Now, this one is actually a pretty good clip. Under Bush, Russia invaded Georgia. Under Obama, Russia took Crimea. Under Biden, Russia invaded Ukraine. So, you know, the globalists we're talking about, the Bushes, the Bidens and the Obamas, right? And... Russia just seems to walk all over the radical left. Is it because they have dirt on them? I mean I'm still wondering what 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 was that about uh with regard to the uh mayor of Moscow paying Hunter three and a half half million dollars. What was that about? People don't just up and give three and a half million dollars to somebody. What was that for? And then you have all the corruption in Ukraine basically giving Ukraine leverage they never ever would have had otherwise. And in the end, it made Putin uncomfortable. Just as uh, if Cuba was selling out to Russia, allowing Russia to put their missiles pointing at D.C. and Atlanta and New York and Philly and Washington, you know, and all the big cities along the East Coast, we couldn't stop those. They're too close. So, of course, we would object, and we would do all kinds of things to make life miserable. And now, you know, we're in this conflict because of all the corruption from the neocons, from the Lindsey Grahams and John McCains of the world, and from all the other corrupt politicians, mostly liberals. I mean, what are the odds of it being Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi, is that his name, um, Mitt Romney's son and Mitt Romney's advisor, Kofor Black. You also have Chris Hines, the stepson of John Kerry. And of course you have Hunter Biden. What are the odds of all of those kids doing business in Ukraine? What was that about? Where's the opportunity? Why? It's like a gold rush over there. And not only that, but you got the CFIUS courts approving these energy deals that involve national security. And the CFIUS courts, under these regimes, the Obama regime in particular, and basically green-lighting deals only for left-wing kids. And the CFIUS court is basically a court, uh, a panel... And it's not by judges, it's by cabinet members. Sort of like uh, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, the Secretary of State, John Kerry, would be on that panel to approve private citizens, private American citizens' business interests in foreign countries. And then let's not forget about John Solomon's great work with regard to how much money did Ukraine give to the Clinton Foundation? It was a lot, wasn't it? It was a heck of a lot of money. And what was that about? Private citizens. So Private American um, citizens. Uh, we're Business going to take a caller real quick. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, uh,
2: I yeah. want to talk to you about uh, what's going on in Ukraine. John sure. John great work. You know, I got to say that uh, I am actually pretty happy that we have Joe Biden in office now and not Donald Trump while we're facing this crisis in the world, because Joe Biden has been able to get our European allies together to show a strong front against the Russians and to try to keep them uh, at bay with regard to what they're doing and invading Ukraine. And instead, Donald Trump is telling everybody how stupid the United States is and how smart Putin is for going into Ukraine. And so I have to tell you, I am so happy that we don't have Donald Trump in the White House right now.
3: Wow. Where are you calling from? What state?
2: From West Virginia.
3: Okay. Well, you do realize that there, there was a lot of corruption on uh, both sides of the aisle, the left and the right. With regard to their illegal uh, or black market investments in Ukraine, weapons you instead know, of pillows. I
2: have to say that I have oil, seen no evidence Burisma. of anything that I have. I have seen no evidence. I have read no evidence of any corrupt activities okay. by Joe Biden's son or let, anybody let, else. Let, let me you ask mentioning. you a question. You were just mentioning. Let me ask you yeah. a question.
3: Sure. Have you ever seen the audio or video clip of Joe Biden withholding a billion dollars unless Poroshenko fired Viktor Shokin? Have you ever seen that video of Biden have, sitting at the I Foreign read, Ra- Council of Foreign Relations?
2: The, I have read about the um, situation with Biden's conversations, but I have not anything that I have read has not led me to believe no, no,
3: no, that he but, was holding him up okay, and that
2: and that it was, okay. it was some kind of corrupt but you never saw it uh, action that Biden was but you, taking
3: but you're saying you never no, saw I, that I don't
2: remember that particular video. You no, didn't you didn't that remember that video but I had read a lot about what was going on at that time and I have no evidence that I saw that Biden had done anything that was corrupt. Really? Yes, yeah, that's right.
3: That's okay. Right, I have
2: seen nothing that would convince me that Biden did anything that was corrupt. I've seen no evidence, anything that was corrupt. On the other hand, I've read a lot of information about Manafort going into Ukraine and trying very, very hard to help the uh, very corrupt
3: All right, here, here we uh, go. person
2: who ultimately became the president.
3: All right, so let's take a listen.
0: That we should be here, here's Joe Biden, your, your boy. And I went over, right, I guess the... 12th, 13th time to key. Can you hear the, it? And I was going, supposed yeah, I can hear to announce it. Okay, good. There was All another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said, they, had, they were walking out to the press conference and said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, you <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Well, there's still, they, so they made some genuine, s- substantial changes institutionally and with people.
3: A lot of good that got us right, but here's the thing: he withheld a billion dollars that wasn't his in order to fire an a, a prosecutor. An in order to fire a prosecutor that was looking into Barisma, who was paying Hunter eighty three thousand dollars a month. Now, does that sound my closer to you? about
2: that, yeah. My understanding about that was that 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 was not an effort to corrupt the state. That was an effort for um, the state who was a corrupt president at the time to actually allow um, the um, the investi- investigation in general. That well, wh- is not
3: why would they why would Hunter Biden why that would Hunter Biden Biden
2: was corrupt doing about that situation was that that uh, the prosecutor was, was the one who was corrupt. Why would Hunter Biden the be getting eighty three thousand dollars? Biden was trying to change the situation so that there was no more corruption Why would that why would Hunter Biden why
3: would Hunter be getting eighty three thousand dollars from Burisma?
2: There was no evidence. No I have never ever seen any evidence that that was a corrupt transaction. I have not seen So he's getting eighty three thousand dollars a month,
3: month up to the upwards. What about of 10 Manafort? Minutes.
2: What about Manafort who got millions of dollars
3: Manafort. Who was help a corrupt do you know who Manafort
2: president? Manafort you in your in Ukraine okay. he was paid That's to help a corrupt president get yeah. elected? Do you know who and then he came to the United States?
3: Do you want to know who Manafort's who business partner was? John Podesta. Look it up. John Podesta was the campaign manager for Hillary Clinton, who received the most money, her Clinton Foundation, received, it's called the Uranium One uh, scandal. Have you ever heard about that?
2: Yes, I have. I've heard about uh, John Podesta, and uh, I, I have heard that John acknowledged that uh, you know, he made some mistakes, and I, you know, I, I can't disagree about All that. All
3: right, now let me ask you another question. What's your what's your feeling about how we uh, left Afghanistan about a year ago? Or,
2: how we left Afghanistan? Yeah. You know what, Afghanistan, we, we should have been in Afghanistan to begin with, is the way I see it. We okay. should never have been in Afghanistan. It was a big, big mistake. So, do you think that was going a foreign policy? And it was a big, big mistake. To go into Iraq as well do you think that was I a mean, foreign what we, policy what we mistake. did after the uh, after the 2001 um, you know after 9/11 it was a mistake it was just a mistake we got ourselves mired into two countries we should never have been in
3: right but don't you think we would have been could have done it better by giving air cover and support to get all of our people out first then leave you know
2: I think he did I think he did an amazing job getting those people out I th- under the circumstances Who? Biden? that they faced yeah, absolutely. The circumstances that they faced with the Taliban overrunning the country, the Taliban were totally in control, and that the man got as many people out as he did, I think is amazing. Well, I
3: have, to, I have family members that were actually there in the State Department, and let me tell you something. That's not the way it, that's not the way it happened. The Joe Biden changed Trump's blueprint for successful uh, exit of Afghanistan. And uh, you're mistaken that. I don't think there's any that. evidence
2: that he changed the blueprint that he did. Trump had put together. He did. I, I, the I construct no of leaving, of and he I, changed it. I still it. have talked to people who came out of Afghanistan, and they were very, very grateful that the United States had been able to there. get people out before Ma'am. the
3: Taliban overran the. There are people that are still stuck there.
2: There are people that are stuck there. There's no question about that. And it's because of the Taliban, not because of Joe Biden.
3: And a lot of these Taliban are now uh, actually living in refugee camps in Wisconsin. What, what, Taliban
2: why, why? living in refugee camps in and, Wisconsin?
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't,
2: I don't, I, I don't.
3: You got to look this stuff there up. There
2: are some people in Wisconsin who, you know, have some uh, sympathy toward, you know, what's going on um, in Afghanistan. I could understand that there was there are some people from afghanistan who have some sympathy i, I that it's possible but i would love to see evidence that wisconsin is overrun with taliban refugees that all would right. be very interesting so
3: before you called i played a clip of trump making his announcement that he's going to run in 2024 are you happy about that
2: no i, I think it's a horrible thing
3: <laughs> okay all right well look it's been it's been fun debating with you, and uh, thanks for calling in. Thank you for listening, and
2: and thank you for taking my call. I I enjoy listening to you. Um, we don't always agree, but I enjoy listening to your show. So all thank right, you.
3: And you have a wonderful day. Take care.
2: Okay, you too. Bye bye.
3: Wow, that's a, that's wow. a that's a lot of fun actually. Sometimes when you talk to somebody from the other side and uh, and you get that kind of banter, that's the kind of thing that. Uh, we deal with all the time. You know, most of my friends happen to be liberals. And uh, the conversations that we have, were are so far apart in a lot of these ways. It's, uh, it's it's kind of interesting, the human dynamic, how different we are in terms of how we think. Um, so I want to play this clip of Donald Trump. He says, under Bush, Russia invaded Georgia. Under Obama, Russia took Crimea And under Biden, Russia invaded Ukraine. I stand as the only president of the 21st century on whose watch Russia did not invade another country. And I hope that lady here that just called in is listening to this clip.
1: Under Bush, Russia invaded Georgia. Under Obama, Russia took Crimea. Under Biden, Russia invaded Ukraine. I stand as the only president of the 21st century on whose watch Russia did not invade another country.
3: True, true. Big applause. USA, 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 USA. That's how you unite a country. That's how you lead a country right there. And that's how you avoid problems. You avoid problems by calling out the problems. He called out Germany, for example. And I thought that was a great thing. Um, We also have some other things going on too. Elon Musk. I think Elon Musk is making a move on this crisis. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, here comes Elon Musk. His quote is, Starlink service is now active in Ukraine. More terminals en route. This is a bigger deal than most will acknowledge. The quantum financial system is being deployed right in front of our eyes. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, There is a lot of opportunity going on with regard to uh, these financial systems and services as well. Uh, The financial system, the quantum, is interesting. I think it's a satellite-driven system. So, Pedro Gonzalez, he writes this about the fake news and the misinformation. He said, The Snake Island story was fake. The ghost of Kiev was fake. The photos of Zelensky in body armor were fake. They're all old pictures being circulated as new ones. Ukraine and Russia is World War Reddit. Um, We're going to go ahead and take another caller. Uh, Let's see. Caller, you're on the air. Hi. This is Denise
2: and I'm calling from Brooklyn. And I wanted to respond to the previous caller because I was in a bit of shock that (laughs) anyone can actually say that um, they're, okay, she's glad this happened under Biden because it's uniting uh, EU and allies together. But my logic in that or seeing, uh, it just seems you'd rather have chaos and the people of Ukraine that everyone supports suffering under this united front and weak leadership because this is happening under a weak leadership as opposed to four years when the people of Ukraine lived peacefully they didn't fear they didn't have bombing going on under Trump regardless if you love them or hate them or whatever at least Putin understood, okay, I'm not going to mess with Trump here. I'm not I'm not even going to think about doing anything. Peace so through strength. Peace through she's strength. happy. She's rallying before <laughs> Biden just to show that he can get allies. I don't need for allies to be together if Russia is not invading because he's already in fear of what Trump might do
3: That's and right. promise
2: to do if he even attempted it. So it's uh, it was just a, a mind-boggling comment. And I was like, am I really hearing someone? Was she a prank? Was she trolling? Because there's no same reaction to, how do you say, oh, I'm I'm happy Biden is doing it only because he's rallying EU. I'm sure the people of EU would rather have Trump there living their lives comfortably and going about their day and livelihood they don't care about EU uniting. They want their lives back, and they have that under Trump. I'm sorry. I'm ranting. No, that's, that's good.
3: Point. That's a good, good comment. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that what's what's better than uh, having strong allies that are globalists, uh, that uh, basically are, um, you know, moving people around the world like they're pawns on a chessboard, um, is to have no conflict at all. And, you know, I think that what Trump did with his foreign policy with respect to um, neutralizing North Korea, uh, with respect to Russia not threatening his will and his his word, uh, when Trump would draw a red line in the sand, he meant it. It wasn't like an Obama red line where you could cross it and then he equivocates. Um, So there's a lot of other things like in the Middle East, the Abraham Accords. Um, Trump did that with ease because he didn't placate uh, and he didn't have a pacifier for the the Palestinians. He basically treated them like adults and said, come to the table or work out a deal. And if you don't want to do that, we'll just wait. And after a (laughs) while, uh, even Palestinians own allies decided we can no longer wait we have to do our business
2: but also
3: before I go because there's another. Enough- oh, Ma- ma'am <laughs> i'm so- uh hey okay uh the lady who was calling before she had, she had a comment please call back and i'll i'll uh somehow we we uh, got disconnected um so you know i don't want to do that uh she had something important to say And I would like to hear what she had to say. Um, And right now we have Julie. Julie, welcome to the Scott Adams Show.
2: Oh, good morning, Scott. How are you doing? That was quite a a caller. Rah, rah, shish, boom, ba Biden. (laughs) It was like she was a cheerleader with her little pom-poms. I mean, it's it's quite ironic when you look at the total history of that entire band between Poland and Russia. Yeah. Oh, all the and way way back we're going to take to that, that caller
3: really quick, really, yeah. really quick, Julie. Okay, hold on. Hi. Hi. Okay, it's hey, sorry again. about I that. Yeah, I hit the quick, wrong button. Yeah. That's
2: uh, no, okay. I just have one quick point to add on to what I wanted to say, and then I'll let you go. Um, she's happy that Biden is in charge now because he's handling the situation and uniting the EU. What about this is now uniting all the allies? The um, axis of evil against our allies. I mean, this is now uniting Russia and China and any other rogue state. You does she think it's just going to stop? It's that only oh uh, yeah, just wait for the, just wait I'm for.
3: To yeah, just wait for what China is going to do with Taiwan. Um, after they take a look at this mess, and frankly, this is not even making Russia look strong. Uh, I think Russia looks very weak right now. Uh, I think that their um, ambitions what are going they're basically going different than the way they played it out. Uh, this A lot of people were expecting this to be a 48- to 72-hour conflict uh, and then game over. And it's not going in that direction.
2: But our enemies will ally with them. Like Russia, Putin will make friends of whoever is our enemy. Maybe his enemy. Yes. Will suddenly, oh, let's see. Let's take advantage of this and yeah. get uh, the, all the Western nations to Yep. United in this quagmire and which will drag down our economy. And but to rally and say that I would I don't know, I would prefer not that Trump was the greatest. I'm not saying <laughs> that he didn't have his flaws. But under Trump, people's livelihood let's just think about the individuals who live there. Their lives were not disrupted. Their lives were about like our lives going about their day. So if you really care about the people of ukraine let's forget about the players on top think about how under trump those people live their daily lives just like we did with their own daily problems. right and right so
3: absolutely well thank you so The it thank- you're welcome all right and you have a great day Bye. all right and julie welcome to the scott adams show
2: good morning scott you're busy this morning yeah. <laughs> um i i just wanted to say if, if you look back in time all the way back to uh, um 100 a.d uh that whole area went back and forth between soviet control and european control uh it constantly mired in fightings and wars and and this is just one more chapter in in this in this saga of that region it's it's an extremely historically volatile region but if even if you just go back slightly back to world war ii they they use the narrative the reason to execute all the people between that area in lithuania and ukraine was because they were part of the soviet union so now If Putin is nearing the end of of his term and his lifetime, what's he going to do? He's going to go in there and come back so he can end his life saying that he, he gained back control of those.
3: Yeah, the problem is he controls the politicians, but he doesn't control the people. And the people in Belarus and the people in Ukraine and the people in Russia are all related. They know each other. They're families. They're cousins and nephews of each other. And so no one's going to really be that fortified and engaged. And not only that, but people from Putin's own hometown, St. Petersburg, have risen up and basically are protesting. Russians are protesting this invasion and this escalation of conflict. You know, So he might be able to control the politicians, but he can't control the millions and millions of people. And already they're having large protests in Germany. Uh, there's involvement with Poland and uh, Romania and uh, other countries uh, with regard to uh, supplies. This is only going to get stickier. And the reason why he wants Belarus, who's a very pro-Russian country right now, to get involved is because he wants to displace the burden and the blame. And if he goes into Ukraine and he kills and murders, say, the Klitschko brothers, which are these famous boxers that I've, followed for many decades it seems like they've been boxing for 20 years um but the klitschko brothers for example are rock stars in that country and if they get murdered for some reason or zelensky who is a very popular leader right now uh if they go down as martyrs uh this is going to spell huge trouble politically exactly. and elsewhere For Putin. It's a it's a it's a huge blunder that he's making. He bit off more than he could chew. I don't think they prepared properly for this this um, aggression. Uh, And they underestimated, I think, Ukraine's will. And uh, and it's, it's kind of interesting to see the way this dynamic is playing out.
2: And you don't even know uh, the real news or really, truly what is happening because there's so much fake news out there. Yeah. The story, one of the stories you heard is he went to the Olympics, and 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 they left with the agreement that that China was gonna going to attack Taiwan after Putin takes the Ukraine. It's like they're playing the cards and they're taking poker. Well, keep chips in mind, was that.
3: It was after the Sochi Olympics that he went in and took Crimea. It's sort of like this Winter Olympic thing. After the Winter Olympics, he goes and he takes a country.
2: Oh my yeah. Yeah. So he goes in and talks with the people yeah. and they decide their, their chess game. It was 2014
3: it's, it's just, that he took Crimea under the nose of Obama. And now he's taking, uh, trying to take Ukraine under the nose of Biden. And, and Trump is exactly right. The, you know, one thing is, Putin never tried to take a country under my watch and he wouldn't dare because he knew he he knows that Trump would have played uh, a a, played a move that would have been really sticky for him. The move that should have been played is if you uh, bomb, if you invade Ukraine right now, if you invade Ukraine, we'll immediately bring Ukraine into NATO. So you'll expedite exactly what it is that you don't want to have happen. That's that's stick number one, and stick number two is we'll we'll fight back. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't have had the courage to do that.
2: It's it's funny. The one thing I noticed when each each side took control of this region after they took the use of the raw materials and they they took the riches off the land they abused and neglected the people and the, the 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 people they were the ones who suffered and then the other side would come in and and overthrow the region and it, it that's exactly what we saw in Ukraine mired in corruption and and we can't it, it, it disagree yeah. with that well, but, but go ahead what's the point Yeah, and now we're seeing them go back and forth, and I guess we just have to wait it out.
3: And and then not only that, but you you have this left-right media, uh, all this disinformation coming out of the news news outlets— (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, you have this guy, Pedro uh, Gonzalez, he writes this. He says, the Snake Island story was fake. The ghost of Kiev was fake. The photos of Zelensky in body armor were fake. They're old pictures being circulated as new ones. Ukraine, Russia is a World War Reddit. And then he says, Zelensky is still in Ukraine, so that's good. But many people have already matched the vir- the viral images of him in in uh, Kit on the front lines with old ones. From a while ago, you have to be skeptical of every sensational meme and breaking news story. The only really insane pro-Russia psyop I've seen appears to show Avaz units uh, hurting civilians, but it looks so staged that it's hard to believe that it's not just Russians pretending to be Ukrainians. So the Snake Island thing was where um, a Russian ship came in and they basically said, go F yourself. And, uh, and then they uh, were taken, and the news report was that they were all killed. But then there was footage of them actually being escorted onto a ship as prisoners of war. So there's a lot of misinformation out there is my point.
2: Well, there's a lot of ghosts. That exist on that very ground of Kiev, and on July, uh, I think it was July first, 1941, when the Germans came in, they killed in one 24-hour period 33,000 people, and they 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 murdered them in the in the pit, the ravine where the the railroad is, and it was layer upon layer upon people. Most of them were Jews, but a lot of them were just regular citizens too that didn't want to go along with the Nazis. So there's truly that that is ghost-ridden. Yeah, I think that
3: I also think that the Chechens' involvement is is uh, somewhat interesting as well because they used to fight with the Russians a lot, and now they're fighting uh, alongside the Russians. They have ten thousand troops that have lined up in a square, and they're going to you know bring uh, bring the fight to Ukraine. But for what reason? Again, they have relatives that are living in Ukraine. So it's a, it's a really confusing narrative, uh, to say the least, with regard to this it, conflict. It, it,
2: over, the, over the centuries, it has gone back and forth, back and forth. And most of the time, um, in, in earlier times, like in the, in, the, in the beginning of the 1900s, the three basic languages in that region was Russia, Yiddish, And Ukraine, Ukrainian. So you can't deny any of it. I think we just need to sit back and just just watch and stay out of it.
3: All right. Well, thank you, Julie, for calling in today.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you, Scott. Sorry you had such a busy morning. (laughs) All
3: right. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Bye. All right. So um, yeah, uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, move 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 it along a little bit. I want to get to some tweets. Um, The Bradford File writes this. Hillary Clinton sold 20% of the U.S. uranium supply to Russia for some foundational cash. Nobody cared. Yeah, remember that uranium one? Uh, Big article written up by John Solomon. He was big on that story. And 20% of the U.S. uranium. She got that through a CFIUS agreement. That's why I brought up CFIUS. And she was able to to get a hold of uh, take twenty uh, percent of her u- uranium and sell it to Russia. And again, a lot of these conflicts are all about the precious minerals, whether it's palladium or whether it's the, you know to make semiconductors or whether it's um, precious metals to make batteries. Uh, and to get a monopoly on those resources. Or, you know, these Boeing planes, these uh, and Airbus planes, these planes, the metals in the planes are uh, made with special, precious uh, metals. And, you know, so that's why we uh, create these conflicts, destabilize regions where the metals are rich and plentiful, like Afghanistan. And then we get all the fighting age males and we put them on caravans and planes. And we bring them into other countries and use them as sheep, slave labor markets. We, we use them as slave laborers. They're all fighting age males because they have strong backs. They can work long hours in the fields, they, in the slaughterhouses. They can w- drive for long hours without falling asleep as a Lyft driver or an Uber driver. Um, or they can learn a quick trade and be specialized in terms of nursing care. And, and that benefits the pharmaceutical companies, that benefits the hospitals who have lo- lower salaries to pay now and higher profits as a result of it. Uh, so there's a lot of this going on this displacement of people without any consideration of their home, the, the blood uh, shed, the life, loss of life. Because, in the end, the globalists, all they care about are basically the return on investment, the corporate sponsorships of the and the donor bases uh, of these campaigns and, uh, and controlling of the narrative in our news stories. There's no reason why it is that CNN and MSNBC should be able to pay their bills right now with the numbers that that tanking the way they are for them, but yet somehow they continue to get sponsors. You know the sponsors for the woke Olympics. You know they must have gotten beaten beaten uh, pretty badly there. They paid big money. You know for NFL spots and Olympic spots. And their return on investment couldn't be what it was. But, of course, we talked about BlackRock and Vanguard owning these corporations, and they don't care because people are going to buy Pepsi or Coke, and it doesn't matter. They own them both. They're not competing with each other. The Bradford File writes, Hillary Clinton sold 20% of the U.S. uranium supply to Russia. Hmm. All right, Stephen Miller writes, Why no tough sanctions on ruthless expansionist genocidal communist China because patient China steadily ensnared world in its markets hooked elites on its cash and made us reliant on them for all for our goods a thousand North streams gaining econ independence from China is existential so saki says Biden wants to reduce our dependence on foreign oil by using green energy, not by expanding U.S. energy production. The thing is, right now is not the time. With inflation the way uh, going out of control, it's upwards of 10% now, a 40-year high. Uh, With regard to the conflicts around the world, uh, we need energy independence more now than ever. The money that we're giving Russia for their oil uh, while we try to climb into an electric vehicle uh, is i think it's blood on the hands of the people that are uh, the climate enthusiasts i think that there's a lot of lost lives being lost and i think also that russia is doing some desperate moves because they see uh, their exist their their uh, economic prosperity with regard to oil diminishing but now it's in flourishing because we're no longer energy independent. We should be doing both is what we should be doing. We should be energy independent and we should also be pushing strongly and hard for alternative sources of energy. But let's take a listen to Jen Psaki
2: on oil leases, what this actually justifies in President Biden's view is the fact that we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, on oil in general, and, need to, and we need to look at other ways of, process, of having energy in our country and others. One of the interesting things, George, we've seen over the last week or so is that a number of European countries are recognizing they need to reduce their own reliance on Russian oil.
3: Well, that's true. But energy independence would be one way to do it while we at the same time, but she's so afraid she wants to strong arm the middle class into not buying oil by hiring hackers to hack colonial pipeline and raise the price of oil by starting conflicts that increase uh, the price of oil per barrel over a hundred dollars a barrel when under Trump, it was down as low as $39 a barrel. And so um, you could do both, but, they don't want to do both because so long as oil is plentiful and affordable, uh, people will go and gravitate toward the path that's best for their bottom line. So they're forcing people in the wake of uh, two years of COVID in, in in a time when there's inflation out the gazoo and lives being lost around the world in endless conflicts. This is not the time to be trying to push this green initiative down our throats, it's it's a time when you need to ease the pain for the middle class. The Bradford File writes, the science of ma- on masks changed two days before the State of the Union, proving once again it's all BS. And I, I, I read this and I'm seeing this in Arlington, Virginia here as well. In my liberal Bay Area neighborhood, I'm regularly, I am regularly the only person unmasked in Trader Joe's mandate ended last week. I see N95s in wide open parks all the time. Something has happened to these people and CDC guidelines, uh, guidance won't fix it. And I said to her, Veronica, I said, I'm seeing the, and thinking the same thing in Arlington, Virginia. I'm seeing the same thing. It's, it's just an oddity. Despite the fact that there's new evidence about Singapore being the highest massed, highest vaccinated, and yet they have the highest number of cases in the world right now, so it's kind of crazy. Marty Maid writes, "You're not going to like this, but your outrage at Russia is not real. It was put there by people who know you better than you do yourself. That there have been there have been dozens of wars." with millions of casualties in the last 20 years, and you didn't care about any of them until you were told to. The media controls a lot of what we're seeing. If Putin and Zelensky reach an agreement, the regime will lose its mind, and Ukraine may lose Zelensky. And again, that would be a regime change, and that's probably what uh, Putin is shooting for right now, right? Um. Ezra Levant writes, CBC reporter claims mandates have been lifted. In fact, thousands of workers across the country are still terminated for not being vaccinated and no unvaccinated people can board a plane. Confused yet? I am. Well, what brings us to the end of our show? I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com and we'll see you next time on the radio. bye everybody.